Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. After chapter 6, we are starting our new series this morning, which is really our theme for 2017, is uh, Heaven on Earth. Heaven on Earth. I think for some of us, we think heaven on earth is a fairy tale. When we think of heaven on earth, many of us think instead is um, once upon a time or happily ever after. We think of heaven on earth as being a fairy tale. But heaven on earth isn't a fairy tale. Let me say that again. Heaven on earth is not a fairy tale. It's a promise. It's a promise God gave to us. And this morning, I want you to kind of change your lenses, if you would, on your life. And if we could change our lenses, we could change our experience. If we can change how we perceive things, we have the ability to transform the way we live. And in in the book of Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9... We have the Lord's Prayer. The the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, teach us to pray. And I want you to find find this and notice that the, the disciples don't ask Jesus, teach us to heal, teach us to prophesy, teach us to walk on water, or even teach us to raise the dead. All those good things are, are awesome. But they understood that the key to the doing those things was prayer relationship with the Father. And they recognized that if there was one thing Jesus always did, it was pray. And so they wanted to learn how to pray like Jesus so they could do things like Jesus. Come on, somebody. So instead of teaching them how to heal or walk on water or to multiply fishes and loaves, Jesus teaches them to pray. And this is how he teaches them. This is the manner. If you're there, say amen. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In fact, you know what? Read this part with me. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to just read that last part one more time. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray with me now, Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Out of all the potential things that God or Jesus could have had us pray, he asked us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Out of all the things that Jesus puts a priority on, it's not the cure of homelessness or the stopping of violence or the breaking of addictions or the... the, the, uh, the, the 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 healing of cancer or different social issues that we face, out of everything that Jesus identifies as a priority, the priority that Jesus tells us to pray is heaven on earth. Out of everything that he could have told us to pray, why does Jesus prioritize this? Why not something else? This is the first thing that we're to ask for. 
Out of everything that we do after praising who God is and acknowledging who God is, Jesus tells us, you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. First of all, you got to recognize that the kingdom means where a king has rulership, where a king rules. A kingdom is where a king has authority. And what we are to pray is that our king would have authority in the earth. So for Jesus to tell this, us to pray this as the priority in our prayer time, that must mean it's pretty important, right? So, so I, want you to, I want you to declare, just say this with me, this is important. It was important enough for Jesus to make this a priority. It was important enough for Jesus to stop everything and say, this is what you need to pray for. And yet we pray so many other things Except this, we're praying for our needs, but we never pray for the kingdom to come. Jesus tells us to pray heaven to earth, and yet all we do is pray our problems. We pray our worries, but instead of declaring your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want you to see this. Jesus is implying that heaven is not just a place. It's an environment. Let, let me try this side. Maybe, maybe you guys will get this, okay? That heaven is not a place that we go to. Heaven is an environment we enjoy. Okay, almost, almost. So I need you to recognize that heaven is not just an, a, a place. I can't wait till I get to heaven. You know what? When I get to heaven, all my problems will be gone. Oh, when I get to heaven, all of a sudden I'll be whole. Oh, when I get to heaven, and all we keep on doing as believers, we keep pushing off the belief for better things until we die. What kind of life is that? That's not what Jesus died for. And we, we put up with hell in hopes we're going to get to heaven. Is anyone hearing me this morning? And so I need you to understand that God wants you to enjoy the benefits of heaven here on earth. He doesn't want you just to die and go to heaven. He wants you to experience the benefits of heaven here on earth, which tells me this, Jesus would never, everyone say never. Now, can God lie? Does God lie? So if God can't lie, Jesus would never tell us to pray a prayer that was impossible to achieve. I don't know if you're catching this. Some of you just staring at me like, come on, give, give me the motivational speech this morning that I'm good, you're good, and, you know, let's run through a wall. You want the key to having a better 20, 2017? You got to start praying the kingdom of heaven to earth. It's not only impo- it's not impossible or implausible. Jesus would never have us pray something that was impossible to achieve. So it goes back to the beginning. Everyone say the beginning. For those of you that weren't here last week, you got to listen to the podcast that to, that sets the foundation for starting everything with God. In the beginning, the foundation, starting everything off with God. Now we go back to the beginning because how many of you know that every good company has a mission statement? Right? They, they have a statement of purpose. And we all have a statement of purpose. Now, if you go to uh, In-N-Out, what are you going to order? If you go to Chick-fil-A, what are you going to get? 
okay? You are not going to drive up to Chick-fil-A and try to get a double-double with animal fries, right? Because certain companies, they specialize in certain things. You're not going to go to Best Buy and walk into Best Buy and buy pool supplies, right? Because wherever you go, every company has a certain thing they specialize. God had a mission statement. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, we have God's mission statement for mankind. God's mandate for you. Everyone say me. You have a mission statement. Everyone's always wondering, what's my purpose? Why was I created? I'm here to tell you, and this morning to give you what your purpose is. Why God fashioned you. Why God created you. The reason that you have breath in your lungs. The reason that you have a pulse. Because every one of you, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. The moment your pulse disappears, your purpose is done. If you have a pulse, God's plan for your life is still active. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Genesis 1, 28. Do you realize that mankind is the last thing that God created? He created everything first in preparation for man. He prepared everything for you. God wanted everything in place like, like, like a father would prepare a nursery for their coming baby painting the walls, getting the, the crib together, getting everything put together, changing table, rocking chair, getting all the... That's what God did when he created the Garden of Eden. He created a, a nursery for mankind to dwell in. Now, now, notice this, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Then God... Then God... Then God... Do, do you see that? Anyone see curse in here anywhere? Now, why do you walk around thinking you're cursed? That's not your purpose. Your purpose is to be blessed. Your purpose is to be blessed. The Lord blessed them. Look, that word means praises, commends, to approve, or blesses. And that, that word speaks of a, a close, intimate relationship. This word brings on also the connotation or the idea of honor and gratitude. Now, we bless the Lord in our worship, but do you understand that as we praise God, God also blesses us? That we bless God, but God blesses you. That God praises you. We praise God, but God praises you. Are you following me? We come and we sing songs, but how many of you know you're like, well, that, that doesn't sound right, Pastor Dan. It just doesn't sound uh, biblical for God to praise me. How many parents are in the house? How many of you parents have ever encouraged your kids? Let, let me rephrase, how many have ever praised your kids? That's what a good parent does. I'm proud of you. You can do this. But way to go, man. I'm so proud of you. Way, way to make that happen. You know what? You go in there, you take that test. You're, you, you studied. You can make this happen. Because a good parent blesses, praises their kid. God is a good parent. And he loves you enough to bless you. 
to encourage you, to praise you, to say, son, that's awesome. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You can do all things through Christ Jesus which strengthens you. You are the head and not the tail, a lender and not a borrower, above and not beneath. You rock. That's what God is telling you as a good parent. He's encouraging you. He blesses you. See, everything God created, he created to reproduce. Everyone say reproduce. Everything according to its kind. So an apple tree is going to produce what? An orange tree is going to produce. A dog's going to create a. A cat's going to create a. Right? So you're not going to see a cow produce a lamb. Right? Because you don't, it's going to produce what it is. That's why you rarely see an impatient parent produce a patient kid. What's wrong with this kid? This kid kid has no patience. (laughs) Have you ever noticed the very thing that you hate about your kids is the very thing you're trying to conquer in yourself? I shared that this morning because you know what? When I see my daughters, there's certain things my daughter is doing that bothers me. And I'm going off on them. I mean, I'm, I'm pressing them. So come on, you guys are better than that. Come on. And I'm pushing and pushing. Then I stop, and the Lord just kind of quickens me. He says, how old are you? So what, what's that got to do with anything? So how old are you? So I'm 51. He goes, in 51 years as a pastor, you haven't been able to conquer that area of your life, and you want your kids to do it at 18? Well, So? I want them to be better. I want them to be better than me. And so we end up putting pressure on them to conquer an area that we've yet to conquer ourselves. And although we do it out of love, many times it ends up producing the opposite effect. What am I telling you? That God understood that everything that he created will reproduce what's in them throughout the world. Whatever's in you right now is what you're reproducing. And every one of us is reproducing something. You're either reproducing love or hate. You're reproducing acceptance or prejudice. But every one of us is reproducing something because we reproduce. Everyone say reproduce. What's in us. So that's why God didn't curse us. He blessed us because God wanted blessing to go throughout the world, not curse. Follow me. Even after Adam and Eve sinned, God never cursed Adam and Eve. He cursed the serpent and he cursed the ground. But he never cursed human beings. Someone say, I'm blessed. Let, let me rephrase that. You were created to be blessed. You were created to be blessed if, listen, if you obeyed. Obedience is vital to blessing. You can't get mad at God for being disobedient and not getting blessed. My daughter walks up and asks for 20 bucks. And after I told her to clean her room, and she doesn't clean her room and wants that 20 bucks, guess what? You know what? You suck as a dad. You're a terrible dad. You said you were going to give me 20 bucks, and you didn't give me 20 bucks. You said you, said you were going to give it to me. You said you were going to... What, what was the key? And we get mad at God because we don't obey his word, but we still want the 20 bucks. 
We still want the blessings of God. See, look at the blessing, Deuteronomy 28. Look, this is what God promised for you guys. I I want you to grab a hold of this. Take a look at this. Your town and your fields will be blessed. In other words, where you live, your family, your your field, whatever field you're in, whatever field you work in, your town, your crops, whatever job you work in, whatever area that you operate in. He says your children and your crops will be blessed. You got to remember in those days, crops animals and things like that was their way of making money that was that it was agricultural society so their money came through these avenues so we're talking economics here god said i will bless your business is what he's saying here is that you when when you obey me i will bless you i will bless your business i will bless your community as a result of you then he goes on and says the offspring of your herds and your flocks will be blessed your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed wherever you go whatever you do you will be blessed. wherever i go now listen that that i, I need you to grab this this is per, you, you got to believe this because that means regardless of what the economy says i am It doesn't matter what part of the city I live in. I am. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. I am. Because no matter where I go, blessings follow me. I don't follow them. That's God's plan for your life. And it hasn't changed. But it's if you obey. See, write down Deuteronomy 28, because when we leave here, I want you to go home and see what happens after Deuteronomy 28. Look at verse 7, and the, 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 verse 7 and 8, it continues the promise, but as you go on, you're going to find out, then Jesus, or then God goes on and says, but if you disobey, these are the curses that are going to come on your life. You're going to be cursed in the field and cursed in the city. Where no matter what you do, things aren't going to work out. And so I want you to find out, not right now, but later on. And you'll find out that you might be looking at yourself saying, man, I'm doing all the right things, but the wrong things keep happening. It's because you haven't obeyed the word. You could be doing the right thing in the community's eyes, but not doing the right thing in God's eyes. We got to get into agreement with God's word, not the community. Come on, somebody. You got to hear me this morning, okay? So let's go back to the word, Genesis chapter 1. Okay, you still with me? See, blessing has always been God's plan for your life. God created you to be blessed. Everyone say that again. I was created to be blessed. Now, look at it as we go on. Then God blessed them. Man, that is so cool when God blesses you. How many know it feels so good when someone blesses you? Have you ever gotten one of those unexpected blessings? Mailbox, handshake, gift card, go out to eat with someone and all, they pick up the, the tab. That, that's like, wow, oh man, that's great. All the people I go out to eat with have the, the alligator arms from that commercial. <laughs> Can't reach the check. Genesis, get back to the word, Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, listen to this, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. In other words, all the resources of the earth belong to you. Manage it. Okay, so look at God's expectations. I'm going to take you through four things. Omaha, if you would help me. I want you to take a look at this. Number one, fruitful. Everyone say fruitful. I want you to see what's happening here. The first thing God commands us to do is be fruitful. 
Everything God created, he created with the capacity to reproduce. Say it again, Pastor. Everything has the capacity to reproduce. And every one of us is reproducing something. Every one of us is producing something today. And this is not, now listen carefully, this is not just about procreation, about having children. This is about contribution. Adding value to the world that you're in. And many individuals, now I, 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 wanna, I, I wonder, are you fruitful? In fact, let me ask you a question. What do people get when they get you? When they get you as a friend, what do they get? When they get you as, as a, in a relationship, as a husband or a wife, what did they get? When they get you as a member of a church, what did they get? When they hire you to do a job, what did they get? Because many of us, all we give is just the minimal to get by. You're, you're, you're not there when I need you. You're only there at good times. But I want you to understand God created us to be fruitful, that we're there in good times and bad, that we're there in happy and sad, that we're there to be fruitful, that when you get me in your life, I'm going to add to you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to stand by your side. I'm going to fight with you. I'm not just going to be there when everything's good. But when everyone turns their back on you, I got your back. That's what being fruitful is all about. It's about contribution. Being fruitful is to be productive, adding something of value. What, what are you adding to this world? What are you adding to your family? Listen, let, let me get personal. What are you adding to this church? What did we get when you got here? What did the church grow? How did the church get blessed as a result of you being here? Oh, Pastor, love the message. You blessed us this week. Okay, appreciate that. Now, what, what have you done to reciprocate? What have you done to close the cycle? See, the world should be better because of you. Is the world better because you were born? What have you added to this community? What have you added to, to, this, to, 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 to your city, to your, to your school system, to your job? What have you added? Now, this isn't an indictment. Many of you are sitting there looking at me like, like deer in headlights right now, like, oh, dang, I'm in trouble now. That's not what the, this is to stir you up, to get you to understand you are created to be a contributor, not just a consumer. Don't just consume, contribute. Second thing God told us to do is multiply. Everyone say multiply. multiply. So you were you called to grow. Everything God created, he created with the ability to increase. Everyone say increase. Now, we talk increase. I don't know about you, but I want to make more money this year than I did last year. Right? I want to end, I want to be healthier this year than I was last year, right? We, we want to grow. I, I want to know more things at the conclusion of this year than I did last year because I want to increase in knowledge. Come on, somebody. And so I want you to understand that multiplying, there, there's a, there, there has to be a desire that goes along with multiplying. There has to be a passion not to settle for where I'm at in life. That the multiplying says, I want to grow. I want to proceed. I don't want to be stuck in the same place. I don't want to just get older. I want to get better. 
this isn't just about quality or quantity. It's about quality as well. You see, growing in greatness, God literally wants every one of you. This Hebrew word literally means to excel. Are you growing? Come on, church, are you growing? Are you getting better at, at your job? Are, are you learning more? Are, are, you, are you growing and becoming a better person? Are, are, you, are you moving to new levels? Or are you just showing up looking to get a paycheck? Don't take up space. Contribute. Increase. Excel. Then he says this. Now I want you to fill. Now I, I want you to grab a hold of this. He, he tells them, right now you're in the garden. But the rest of the world is undeveloped. And you're going to reproduce what's here in the garden all over the earth. You're going to take over. The, you're going to fill the earth. Everyone say fill. That word means to be full. The, the problem with the many of us in church today is that we're not full of God. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Many of us are full of other stuff. And we've gotten full off the junk food of the world that we're not even eating the meat of the word any longer. We're not even hungry when we get to church. Well, we're not even looking to eat when we get to the body of Christ. And then we complain about being malnutrition and not getting enough food and not, not growing at church. But you're not recognizing that if you're not hungering and thirsting after righteousness, you're never going to be filled. It starts with passion. This word filled means to transform environments and cultures. Now, to, to become the majority influence, capture this. Some of you need to write this down because this is speaking to your spirit. You need to become the majority influence through excellence. Many of you are at work and you're trying to shift opinions with the elections and all this stuff that are going on with, with the idea between biblical values and world values and public opinion. And we're trying to, to argue people into relationship with God. And you can't do that. The only way we change cultures is by influencing culture by being great at what we do. You're not hearing me. How does a great... How does a football player impact other football players? Now, are they going to listen to him if he's on the bench or on the practice team? Mm -mm. So if you're a plumber and you're just an average plumber, everything leaks and they have to redo the work that you just got doing, you're not going to have much in, right, Dan? You're going to get tired of that dude. And that guy's always preaching to you. You're going to be like, man, would you just tighten up your welds? Now put your stuff together. You work with an electrician, and you got this electrician that does shoddy work that you got to keep coming back and fixing his work. And he's over here, hey, you got to get a hold of God, man. You got to get your life right. No, you got to get your wiring right, man. Are, are you hearing me? You could be a bus driver that loves God, but you're getting in accidents and almost killing people and introducing them to God. <laughs> hey, you, need to, you need to know Jesus. No, you need to keep your eye on the road. <laughs> Get your eye back on the road. Focus in on what you're doing. What I'm telling you is this, is God commanded us to fill. And how do we fill the earth? We do it. We influence the world through excellence. Amen. 
I grow in influence in the world when I'm excellent at my craft, when I'm excellent at what I do. And you can't transform the world or even have influence in your, your job or your workplace or even at home or at the gym if you're not excellent at what you're doing. You're not committed. You got to shift or we got to shift atmospheres, not just reflect them. I just, uh, wow. I got to close. Maybe next week we'll jump into this, this other part here, but let's close out with this subdue. Everyone say subdue. Subdue is an active, not a passive word. Everything God created, he created with the capacity and the ability to move forward. See, when something's not growing, it's dying. The moment you stop growing, you start dying. And here he tells, this is a military term. It's used in the military. And that word subdue is to take over as an act of aggression. So God has given us a command that we're supposed to take territory aggressively. We're supposed to take ter- ter- territory through the word of God. The word of God says, wherever the soles of your feet tread, that ground is yours. Which means this, I can't claim territory I've never walked out to. If you don't take a step of faith into an area, you're never going to have dominion in that area. And so I want you to see this, the subduing that we're talking about. That doesn't mean that you go grab someone and get them in a headlock and you go over to them. Come here, Pastor Matt. Get them in a headlock. Come on, accept Jesus, man. Accept Jesus. Accept Jesus, I said. Accept Jesus. Accept Christ right now. That's not the aggressiveness we're talking about. We, we were able to transform the world through influence, not force. Influence, not force. And the problem is, is that the church isn't influencing anyone because the message hasn't influenced us. Our own lives are in wreck, falling apart, can't get out of our own way. Because we have the mentality that we're cursed and we're cool with that. We have the mentality that we'll never get ahead and we're cool with that. That's not God's plan for your life. In 2017, I don't know about you, but I'm drawing a line in the sand and saying I have a right to be blessed. And I'm going to stand up and not only am I going to become fruitful, I'm going to multiply, I'm going to fill, and I'm going to subdue. I'm going to do the things that God created me to do. Man was created to be fruitful, to reproduce, to multiply, excel, to fill, to transform, and to subdue, to influence the earth. That's what God gave you the right to do. I'm I'm just out of time. i got to close right now. But I want you to simply understand this. God placed Adam in a perfect environment, but not a perfect world. The garden was perfect. The world Satan was running around in. He had been cast down from heaven. And he was dwelling on the earth. In the garden and outside the garden, God gave dominion to Adam and Eve. 
They had the right to rule. Satan had no authority in the garden. That's why he didn't go in there and force them to eat of the tree. He didn't grab Eve and shove it down her throat. He couldn't do that. He had no authority. So he had to get Eve to agree with him. That's what Satan's doing with you right now. If Satan can get you to agree with him over God's word, then he has access to your life. Now, church, you got to hear me right now. When you begin to believe what Satan says over what God's word has said, which tells me this, I got to know God's word. I got to grow in God's word. I got to excel in God's word. I got to subdue God's word. I got to multiply in God's word. Because when God's word comes in me and the enemy speaks something contrary, if I agree with the enemy, okay, God says I'm healed, but, the, but, but they're saying I'm sick. I'm not saying you deny the fact that they're saying you're sick, but you got to claim the truth is that you're healed through Christ Jesus. Are, are you following me? Satan only has a right to rule in your life in the areas you come into agreement with him. What are you agreeing with Satan over right now? I'll never amount to anything. I'll never break this addiction. I'll never have a happy marriage. I'll never get out of depression. I'll never be blessed. I'll never move to another level. And we got all these thoughts that run through our minds where we come into agreement with Satan and we pass on our dominion to Satan. And he takes dominion over our lives. So as I close, I got four questions for you. Number one, what are you excelling in? What are you being fruitful in? Right now, I want you to answer this question. And if you can't answer it, then we got to figure out a way for you to start becoming fruitful. Amen? Because that's what you were created for. That's what God created you to be fruitful. Okay? So what are you producing? What are you producing? Secondly, what are you excelling in? I'm sorry. What are you, what are you producing? What are you excelling in? What are you growing in? How are you getting better? What, what area are you getting better in your life? Number three, what are you filling the earth with? Are you filling it with sadness, with despair, with, with, with poverty, with, with, with sickness? Or are you filling the earth with faith? in belief, in trust, and hope in the word? Are you filling people around you with faith? Do people see you and get excited? Or do people see you and think, oh God, here, here comes that person again. What do people think when they see you? Lastly, what influence are you bringing? How are you influencing the world? I'm here to tell you right now, you are created to be blessed. And what God's created for blessing, the enemy has no right to take and bring curses to. You have a right to be blessed. I said you have a right to be blessed. You have a right to walk in blessing. You have a right to walk in authority. You have a right to walk in the blessings in agreement with God. You don't have to apologize for the blessings God gives you. You don't have to apologize. And we've created this culture. Someone comes rolling up with, you know, I got blessed with the new house. Oh, which must be nice. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should have a, a job like yours. Maybe God will give me a job like yours. You know, I remember, man, back in a long time ago, 2000, 2005, when we first bought our Denali, we came rolling up. You know how many haters we had at the church? 
Oh, must be nice. New Denali, huh? Wow. Those 22s? Pulling out tape measures and everything. Oh, where'd you get these? These must have cost a lot of money. Yeah, they did. You got televisions in there? Yeah, yeah. Got them on the headrest. Put new ones in, too. DVD player, PS3. Yeah, we got... It's in there. People just hating. Uh, maybe I should become a pastor. No, maybe you should get a job. <laughs> maybe you should get a job, and maybe you should start working. Maybe you should start getting, getting better at your craft. Maybe you should start honing in. Maybe you should start uh, get, digging in and moving to a higher level. Now, here I am all these years later, and I put off getting another car. We're still driving that 2005 GMC Denali. Still, we're, we're fixing it. It's falling apart. We're, we're putting it back together every time. I want a new car. In fact, I went looking for a new car. I tried to buy a new car this past week. You know, during vacation, we went out, went out to get a Genesis, Honda, uh, Hyundai Genesis. They had the Genesis G80 or whatever. Went out to take a look at one of those because they say they're cheaper than some of the other luxury cars that are out there. It was more expensive than a Mercedes. It's like, oh, heck no. I walked out of there and it's like, no way I'm getting that. So I'm still driving my GMC. But don't hate on me when I come driving up in a new car. Because I was created to be blessed. I said I was created to be blessed. And when you celebrate someone else's blessing, it opens up doors for your blessing. And it's not about stuff. What I'm blessed for is because my God loves me. I'm blessed because I've been forgiven. I'm blessed because my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm blessed because I'm the head and not the tail. A lender and not a borrower. Above and not beneath. I'm blessed because God loves me. I'm blessed because I'm set free. I'm blessed because of my God. Oh, you're blessed this morning too. You're blessed. Okay, the Raiders lost. I'm still blessed. Still blessed. Come on, stand to your feet. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.